got my peaches out in Georgia. Oh yeah. I get my weed from California. That's that. I took my chick up to the north, yeah. I get my light right from the source, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Leafs Lunch is brought to you in part by 2for1pizza.com. Enjoy plant-based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penne combo, and more. Visit 2for1pizza.com. Julie Tashiri and Mike DiStefano with you on Leafs Lunch. We're going to have Kevin Sawyer on in the next five or so minutes to tee up the Leafs and the Jets tonight at Scotiabank Arena. A rivalry. Uh, I don't expect to maybe... Three years ago, we didn't expect to call this a rivalry game two years ago, but it's kind of heated up in the past couple seasons, A.B., to the point that this is one that we've had circled for a while. Absolutely. I think maybe, like, could it have started with the Matthews versus Line A draft debate? You know what? That might be where it kind of started, and then it really took on a life of its own during the bubble year when those two had to play each other like nine times, created bad blood, and it just spilled over into last year and then spilled back over into their earlier October blood matchup. So yeah. aggressive. Such a wild matchup. Morgan Riley dropped the gloves last time these two teams played earlier in the year. There was the there was the Jason Spezza suspension last year after yep. Peon can need Rasmus Sandin, and Rasmus Sandin ended up being out for the rest of the season. Uh, to that point, didn't end up playing in the playoffs as a result of it. So, you know, Rasmus Sandin is probably going to get up for this one. It's an exciting game. It's going to be a good one tonight, A.B. And, and to add to the fact... To, well, just really quickly, if you had to me. put money on one Maple Leaf getting into a scrap tonight, who would it be? Because there's no Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons was not in the practice lines today at the morning uh, skate. So it's not likely Simmer's going to be in there. Dryden maybe Hunt, Dryden Hunt? Yeah, is this his music? Because I was, I, the other night I was down a little bit of a rabbit hole of uh, Dryden Hunt tilts. The guy can throw. Like, oh, show yeah. it to us, Dryden. Show it to us. He, he got into one, I believe. Like, one of his first games in here. I, I believe he got into one scrap. Um, but I'm like, we were just talking about Sandine and Pionk Niani. We saw Sandine fight earlier this year. I mean, oh, what I about forgot a about Sandine Pionk scrap tonight? Yeah, I forgot about that. And it was like he really didn't want to fight. Who was that? Uh, it was, I think it was against the Islanders. Um, I can't recall exactly. He really who didn't it was. want that fight, I don't think, but it was, it was, uh, Bovillier? Was it Bovillier? No, I can't recall who it was, but I know that, uh, I believe he gets the here. Let me look it up. Sandine fight. Let's see exactly who he fought this year. Wallstrom, Oliver Wallstrom. After he hit, oh, hit right, Austin right. Matthews. Yeah, and, and Dryden Hunt sma- did fight. Yeah, Dryden Hunt's um, been in a, a bit of a tilt. I'm trying to remember who it was, though. Anyways, neither here nor there. Leafs, Jets tonight should be a good one. We'll have Kevin Sawyer on in the next couple minutes to uh, to tee that up, maybe. And, and we know that this game kind of needs no introduction. Because the other thing that happened, I forgot earlier... Even so, maybe this was the year before last. There was the whole hoopla. Logan Stanley fought someone. I think he got off the yep. ice. He was firing up the crowd, and then post game, Mark Scheifele had the great line: "Nothing better than beating the Leafs." He's a Kitchener guy, so obviously he loves it. This is what he had to say uh, about the matchup ahead of the game tonight about playing the Leafs. You know, I think for me, you know, a, you know, a kid in Kitchener, um, you know, a lot of Leafs fans. So I think that that, that that's that's what it is for me. Um, you know, obviously they get a, they get a lot of attention, uh, you know, nationally. Um, you know, and, and rightfully so. You know, they have a, they have a lot of a lot of fantastic players. 
um, that are fun to watch. Um, but you know, for me, it's you know, a Kitchener kid. Now down the road, I always get my friends and family to come to the game, and uh, you know, to, to beat the Leafs, you know, it feels it feels great. Obviously, every win feels great, but you know, to beat a to beat a team that a lot of my a lot of my buddies root for is uh, you know, it's a good feeling. No chance that when the Shifley family went on vacation and people asked, oh, where are you from? He didn't say Toronto. I'll say that. Ah, uh, good point. That was a good tie back, AB. I appreciate it. I like that okay. callback. Yep, call that was back. good. That was good. Lots of people in our text enjoying the shout out to, uh, to random cities that's happening on our show today. And that happens on pretty much every show I'm on. We're like the Matt Devlin of, of radio and hockey. Shout yes. out every single city. Shout out Port Colbert. That's where my grand, my nono is from. Shout out, shout out, shout out to shout all out, Shout out, shout out to Christina Lake, B.C., home ah. of Kevin Sawyer, our next guest. Bring him in. Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Hey, I have a no-no. My no-no is from Trail, just an hour from Christina Lake in B.C., representing the Italian family there. I like it. I like it. The last time, I have to tell this story quickly, Kevin, because the last time I saw the lovely individual on the other end of the phone, he was hightailing it out of a bar in St. John, New Brunswick. We were, I, I have to tell this story, Kevin, I'm sorry to out you like this, but the Memorial Cup, one of the best events you can work if, if you're a person in hockey, because it, it is a rare tournament where there's one game a day. So we found ourselves very often at this bar downtown St. John called uh, Churchill's, and they had great bacon-wrapped scallops, and they had this cool kind of very East Coast vibe you feel, and on the third floor... Apparently, it's an older building, and it's by the ocean, so you can expect the occasional rodent to fly by. It is kind of what it is. Um, Kevin, You're not, not easing into this. No, I'm not easing into this. It's exactly how I have to bring you in. And Kevin, the I've watched so many of your fights on YouTube over the years, and it was like one of the best sights I've ever seen to see Kevin hop up on a chair to avoid the mouse. And then when the mouse <laughs> reappeared promptly kicked his chair and exited the bar. One of the most, oh I, it was just one of the best scenes I've ever, I've ever witnessed. And we had Craig Button on earlier. And Kevin, like, do you remember Craig was trying to egg us all into, like, buying guinea pigs or buying mice or something at a pet store and, and tricking you with them? We had dinner the next night as a group, a bunch of the TSN people, and he bought me gifts. And he got everybody's attention to thank you, bring the attention to the fact that he got me a mouse trap. He got, I can't remember all the things that he got me, but right. I can't tell you. So being a tough guy on all the teams I've played on, every time we have a gag gift, like a, a Christmas gag gift party, I grew to expect the fact that, okay, they're going to get me a live mouse in a Tupperware jar. It's happened so many times before. It's <laughs> like, I can't handle it. <laughs> well, speak. It's funny because uh, we were just all oh, speaking of like Nona's earlier. My Nona, deathly afraid of snakes. And I remember as a kid being like four or five years old, having like a stuffed pet snake. And all of my cousins at like Christmas would find it hilarious just to throw it at her and watch her freak <laughs> out. It was fake. It was yep. stuffed. It was 100% a stuffed animal. But she still would just freak right out. It was it was really funny, to be honest. Very mean, but yep. it was funny. There it is. Uh, we, we're off to a great start. I like we it. Are, I like we it. are. Well, it's I mean, it, it's a heated rivalry. I mean, it's it's going to be on the ice. We might as well keep it a little rivalry off the ice as well. Uh, we're chatting with Kevin Sawyer, former NHLer and TSN Jets color analyst. And, look, there's been a lot of fireworks over the last few meetings that these two teams have, uh, have squared off. You, you expected much of the same tonight? I expect it to be the same but different in the sense that 
uh, it's going to be intense. It's going to be physical. I I think what matters here most is is these two teams. In a lot of ways, it's like looking into a mirror where their strengths are the same, where they they can score, they've got high-end talent. They're a team that wants to play fast. Every team wants to play fast, but these two teams play fast. And I I think that the the physical part of the game is going to come organically. That's going to be a byproduct of the fact that these guys are going to want to make the other team chase. And I'm excited about this one. I mean, you get excited about every game. Lucky to be in the National Hockey League day-to-day. But this one... This one could be special. Two teams that are elite, two teams at the top of the, uh, of the league. And I think that it, there's so much that each team is going to learn about each other, particularly the Jets where they haven't really been on their game the last five or six games with the exception of their Penguins game. Um, so I think that they, they understand that the, the margin for error is slight tonight and it's going to be physical, it'll be fast, but I don't think it's going to be the gloves hitting the ice like it has been in the past. Yeah, fair enough. We're with Kevin Sawyer right now, does color for the Jets on our TSN broadcast. And we were talking to Craig earlier about Rick Bonus and the impact he's had on this group this year with this major turnaround. We haven't had a chance to talk to you about it, though. What have you observed in, in uh, the past year that Bonus has been their head coach? Good question. You know, I, in 1999, Rick was the assistant for Bobby Francis in Phoenix for the Coyotes at the time. And I was there for about a month, month and a half. And, and I can clearly remember Rick Bonus, And he was the same then as he is now. And, and what, surpri- what surprises me about that a little bit is coaches have had to adapt because the players in the league have adapted. It's got to become a much younger league. Uh, you've got to deal with your best players now being 19, 20, 21, 22 versus 28, 29, 30. Rick is who he is. He is just a maritimer that wants to treat people fairly, but he's firm and honest. He isn't, he's going to tell you how it is, good or bad, even if it hurts. And so when I talked to Rick when he first uh, got to Winnipeg and they were at training camp, I asked him priority number one for this team. And he said it's got nothing to do with on-ice stuff. He goes, we need to get this room right that last year's room was full of a bunch of good guys, but the room was not good. And I mean that in the sense that they weren't all on the same page and it showed on the ice. Rick came in and he did what he had to do with Blake Wheeler. He had to do what he had to do to get that team leveled and buying into one idea, not six or seven. And they have completely bought into this guy. They trust him. They know he cares about him. And so when you take care of things off the ice and now when you explain the why, not the what, but the why, and your team believes you, now you got something to work with. That's what I've seen so far is the, the, the 20 guys on the ice, the 23 guys in the locker room, they all have one mind. They believe in what he is telling them because it's the truth, and that's what his biggest strength is. He always says he's not the smartest hockey man maybe in the world. I think he's extremely intelligent about knowing how his specific team has to play to their strengths. But what matters more to that is – your ability to take your message to your team and have them grab onto it with two hands and never let go. That's what I've seen to this point. That's why this, this Winnipeg Jets team feels like they've changed their culture. It, feel like, it feels like they've completely improved their room, and then all the things on the ice have followed in suit. It, it's been enjoyable to watch. Well, I'm curious uh, you know, how you think that might – how the future you – know, like, so I think when I think back to the end of last season, I think about all the discourse around the Winnipeg Jets throughout the offseason, 
you know, it was okay. Shifley might not want to be there. He might want to go. And then Dubois came out and said that, yeah, in a couple of years, like, I, I'm not going to be talking contract extension. And there was those, you know, negative storylines that were being discussed in, within hockey circles and in the hockey media. Do you think that the success and the buy-in and maybe the camaraderie and the culture that's been built with Rick Bonus maybe could change you know their viewpoints and potentially this core could grow together for and be you know a long term solution here. So what what I would tell you with that is uh, without doubt that if things didn't change and they needed to and if they didn't find a way to get to where they are now and of course it's mid season they need to continue that I think anybody that would have an opportunity to sign a big ticket and go to a winner probably on the way out of town I know I would be I would look to yeah I want to cash in but maybe more so I want to have a chance to win. So if, those, if you're not enjoying your days in Winnipeg and you've got no chance to win, I don't think you have a very good chance to keep your, your key players, your big free agents. Now is a different story, and there's no guarantee that Pierre-Luc Dubois will be in Winnipeg in two years or Mark Shifley, but the odds are much higher because, you know, these guys don't need money anymore. They want to get paid. There's no doubt they will, but what they really want to do, and this includes Rick Bonus, never won a Stanley Cup. A lot of good players go their entire careers without even having a sniff. So now if, you, if you've built yourself into a culture where while we are one of the hardest teams to play against, we've got a chance to win, and their core stays together for a long period of time, I think any true hockey person, and I can tell you Mark Shifley and Pierre Le Dubois, those men are hockey nerds. They, they live it. They breathe it. The desire for them to win is deep. And so to answer your question, the ship has been righted so far. It's early, but uh, that gives you your best chance to keep players that want to win together and uh it's it's a must it's a necessity and and you know what everybody thought that maybe the best days of the winnipeg jets were behind them as far as this current core to me all of a sudden it feels like they're ahead of them yeah pld had a completely different vibe when he was talking to the montreal media earlier this week when they asked him about his contract i heard rick bonus say that he's very dedicated to keeping pld so it feels like a totally different vibe in winnipeg right now uh, one guy they do have signed long-term is Josh Morrissey, and he's having an unbelievable season. I love the nicknames that are flowing around in Winnipeg, too. Norrissey <laughs> just flows so well. How could you not? Yeah. Uh, apparently, well, I heard Bonus say on Overdrive that he didn't even know Morrissey was that good. How many people do you think he's surprising this year, or do you think within the organization it was understood how good he is? Yeah, I don't know that the word would be surprise. It's It's been an evolution here. Like Josh, Josh has been good for a long time, and I'll just take you back to his first two years in the NHL. I watched Josh a ton when he was in the Western Hockey League, and he was an offensive superstar. Then he comes into Winnipeg in his first two seasons. He completely redefined himself as a defensive guy. He played alongside of Josh Truba, or um, Jacob Truba, pardon me, and now he's a shot blocker. He's he's giving hits. He's taking hits. He's doing all the things that you would do as a shutdown D-man. And then he started to add layers to his game after he established trust in his coach at the time, Paul Maurice. So now he starts to add the offense. To me, this is a plan, and it takes maturity to be able to make that decision, to get good at what is not your strength. That's what Josh did. So now we're looking at a guy that identified himself as a defensive guy, and now he's adding what comes natural, and that's the offensive side. So when we say a 200-foot game, Josh Morrissey, it truly is, which is why he's part of the, the Norris conversation. But what I love about Josh and, and the relationship that he has with Rick I get a chance to talk to Josh a lot, and, and he, he makes a point every time we talk to say that Rick challenges him to do more. So 
Sometimes Josh thinks he's making a safe play by just putting the puck into a safe area where they think they can get it back. And Rick is saying, listen, hold it. Make a play. Take a calculated risk. If you turn the puck over, we've got an answer. We've got the forwards that will cover for you. So Josh is being pushed now where he never has before to find more offense, find different ways to create offense. You'll see him do a spin around and hold the puck, look a guy off, you know, double clutch and make a pass. Brilliant highlight reel stuff nightly. And I think a lot of it has to do with Rick Bonus pushing him to be better and then the desire for Josh to want to grow all areas of his game. He's another one of those guys that just never settles for what's going on. He always finds – he's looking for the next step to be better. Uh, we're chatting with Kevin Sawyer, former NHL and TSN Jets color analyst. So we talked about Josh Norrissey. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, Connor Vesnabuck, which also nice. a terrific nickname nice, that nice, I've nice. heard floated around there. Um, just speak to the importance of, you know, I mean, we've talked about bonus being a big part of the reason why this team has had to turn around. You've got uh, PLD playing fantastic, obviously Mark Shifley, um, and then we just spoke on Josh Morrissey and his big turnaround. But I think maybe the biggest reason why this team is, is you know, struggled last year in a way and then is really having a surgence is, you know, Hellebuck is getting back to being that Vesna goaltender that we have come to see. I mean, can you speak to the importance of him refining his game and how that's allowed this team to really um, grow and, and hit that level of being at the top of the West? Yeah, I think that there's layers to the to the answer to this as well. And, and you touch back on what we already talked about, where first and foremost, for Connor Hellebuck, but for everybody, there's so much more joy coming to the rink where their 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 plan is clear. This is who we are. This is who we need to be to be successful. And these guys... <laughs> You go in the locker room and it is a refreshing, it is an energetic interaction between these guys. So they're, they're having a ton of fun going to work every day. There's that. And then you talk about the way this team has, you know, if you look at specifically the way this team has gotten better on the ice, like if you look at a couple of tactics, it's cutting down on grade-A opportunities. No goaltender faced more grade-A opportunities and slot shots than Connor Hellebuck last year. And that's difficult. And for for the Jets team in front of him to provide pre- predictability where he's got a pretty good idea as to where 90% of the shots are going to be coming from. So there's now trust built between the goaltender and the players and the players and the goaltender. Maybe in years past, it's been a little bit too much trust from the players to the goaltender, but maybe not as much trust from the goaltender to the players. And those are my words, not Connor Hellebuck's, but I think, I think it would be fair where this year, there would be a lot of balance in both where they're doing their job in front of him. He's doing their job behind them. And then you add to that where there's some times where every team gives up chances and there's going to be some great A's. Connor Hellbuck, I always describe him as being hydraulic where he, he practices with Wayne Flaherty, their goaltender coach religiously every day. And he's practicing repetition, repetition, but his ability to abandon structure and make athletic saves when needed is sometimes overlooked. So he's super structured goaltender, but he's got the ability to make some hockey card. I call them hockey card saves. And that does nothing but increase the confidence from the team in front of him. So now you've got a core of six, top six forwards that can score as good, if not better, than anybody in the league. And you've got a defensive core now that's found a new level and a new identity led by Josh Morrissey. And then, and then now you've got Connor, was it Vesna Buck? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Finding, his, <laughs> finding maybe new heights as far as trust and confidence. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into this, a lot of things that need to go right for a team to be solid. And 
and the relationship between goaltender and team is, is very strong. Yeah, if you kind of think about it, Winnipeg, the envy of the league right now, they have solid goaltending, something that everybody <laughs> wants, and, and especially having it in one guy that you could play night in and night out, a rarity around the league, and cap space in this economy. Nobody has cap space. Winnipeg's going to have $7 million in cap space at the deadline. What kind of player do you see them adding uh, to make an impact for a long playoff run here? You know, that's another really good question, and I've given this some thought. And, like, I, I remember back in 2003, I was with the Anaheim Ducks at the time. We were a team that limped into the playoffs uh, as an eighth seed, and our general manager at the time, which was the, the late Brian Murray, um, he added a couple depth players, so Steve Thomas, Stumpy, and then Rob Niedemeyer. So these were guys that were kind of depth players, character players. They've kind of been there, done that, but it didn't shake up any kind of core. We didn't add a top six player. We didn't add a top four D-man. And then those guys had the ability to play up in the top six if needed with injury or whatnot. So what I think this – by the way, we lost in game seven of the Stanley Cup final to New Jersey. What I think this team needs is a depth experience forward that can play center or wing that has the skill set to fill in a top six role that can win faceoffs. If there's a weakness with this team – or an area that they need to improve in the most, it would be face-offs. They haven't been good this year. They've been good in the last week or so. I think they need a Stanley Cup champion because we don't have one of those in our room yet. Someone that's been there and says, okay, this is normal. Don't panic. This is what you go through. So to answer, the, the short answer is an experienced depth guy that has skill that's, that's won a cup. I, I really do think that that's something that, that would be of huge value to a room that doesn't know what it's like to win a championship. Yeah, a lot of stock in having those winners in the room. Sorry, if you go ahead. Well, I was just I was just looking forty eight percent in the face off dot. So yeah, fifty percent sounds a lot like a Ryan O'Reilly though. Potentially could could help out that. (laughs) Av's trying to sell him to Winnipeg. (laughs) They wouldn't say no. I mean, all all the rumors you hear all about the Jonathan Taves, who's a who's a from Winnipeg and he's on the last year of his deal. Who who knows? But uh, I mean, I I do think there would be huge value in a guy that's that's got a ring on his finger. At least one of them that's been there. Yeah, just before we let you go, Kevin, we became big fans of, of rising star Arbor Jackeye at the Memorial Cup this year. And then just like one of the most electric moves I've ever seen after a fight uh, against Winnipeg earlier this week when he grabbed the chet, grabbed the crest of the Montreal Canadiens logo and flashed it to the crowd. Like, what do you rank that move? It's just out of control. Well, you know what? I, I mean, as far as Arbor goes, uh this kid is so well-respected, so fast. And everything that I can tell, based on watching him with the Hamilton Bulldogs in the Memorial Cup and now in the NHL, he seems to have stayed the same. And that is a huge confidence, and he's got massive presence on the ice. And he doesn't back down from anybody. There's a difference between respecting your opponent and, and, and then maybe admiring your opponent. When you're a first-year guy in the NHL, sometimes you can be starstruck and you're not sure if you fit in. Am I tough enough? Am I good enough? (laughs) This guy knows that he is tough enough and good enough to play in the league, and that confidence, not arrogance, confidence comes out. So, you know, he pulls the the chest out of of his sweater. Hey, I don't think he's trying to show up anybody with that. I think that's just him saying, hey, I'm here to stay. I'm going to demand respect. And, and by the way, I I love the team I play for, too. So, so good. kudos to him. as he, he is off to a great start to what I think will be a really long career. How's the fishing on Christina Lake in the summers? Hey, oh, man, it is a little bit of bass, bass fishing, a little bit of trout fishing. It's, uh, I'll tell you what, I can go about 400 yards out of my driveway on my Enduro motorbike 
and I can be in the woods for about a week. It's, oh, <laughs> it's a love it. amazing. Tucked in the mountains, but it's uh, raised both my kids there. I was raised there, and uh, it's a pretty nice place to spend the summer. I would imagine so. It sounds absolutely amazing. Uh, really appreciate taking the time to, to join us today, Kevin. Uh, good luck on the call tonight. Enjoy it. We'll uh, chat again soon. Love talking hockey with you guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. There he goes. Kevin Sawyer, former NHLer and TSN Jets color analyst. So he mentioned hockey card. What do you think is the first thing that I started to do on my computer? You started to look up hockey cards. I was looking up Kevin Sawyer hockey cards. Just curious. Curious. All right. When was his rookie card? When was his young guns put out there? You don't own it? No, I don't actually. I mean, this this was pre-me actually – yeah, this is before I started collecting. Back in okay. 2001, 2002, Upper Deck Young Guns card is when that came out. It's just a few years before I started collecting good cards. So uh, I don't have it, but I might have to go and purchase it because he's just a great guy. I yeah. really enjoyed that discussion. Such a good dude. Yeah, he is a good dude. All right. Uh, <laughs> were you talking to your cat, by the way, at some point? I So we're on Zoom. And We're I just a remote saw you, today. And my cat is so needy. I don't know well, what I just saw you literally say, like, shaking your head and mouthing, no, no. And I'm like, is she talking to a cat? Because or, you're or... seeing what's happening here. I'm sitting here trying to do a professional radio show <laughs> and tee up this very exciting game tonight. But my cat keeps jumping up and sitting. Uh, like, you've seen her. She sits directly on my oh, notes yeah. and stares into the screen at AB as though she has something to contribute to the conversation. So I was trying to ensure that she stayed on the ground there. And she looked me straight in the face, defied me, and jumped back onto the desk. So No human. I do ideas. what I want to do. See, that's why I'm, I'm not ideas. a cat person. Cats, they yeah. do whatever they want. You can't, you really can't tame them. You can't control them. No, it's uh, a dogs, wild animal. Dogs all the way. And I think Frankie would agree with me. He had the, the greatest IG story last night about Lola. His dog Lola tried to jump up and get the steak. I don't know if you saw it. Cutest oh, thing I've ever seen. so funny. Cutest so thing funny. I've ever seen. Go check just... out Frank Corrado at Frank Induces on Instagram. The cutest little story of uh, him and his dog Lola. All right. On the other side, JT. The final voting is in. The other night was the final day you could vote for the All-Stars. Today, they're going to reveal who got the final three nods in each division and is going to the All-Star game. Our Thursday three-pack, we're going to look into each division, and we're going to, I, don't know, I guess, guess would be the, the, the right answer here, or you know who we believe should be at the All-Star game. So that's going to be for our three-pack. So three people per division who we believe should be or will be at the All-Star game. So that's coming up on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julie Tashari. You listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Bad news has done it again! Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. your big advice count to three yeah whenever you get scared about anything you just do this just count to three and then do it so i give you to the count of three one two three not only you and me got 180 degrees and i'm caught in between okay thursday three pack ab welcome back leaks lunch on tsn 1050 julia to sharing mike de stefano leaps jets tonight we've been teeing it up all day and also going down tonight uh, the league is going to announce the final three players from each division voted in by fans that'll get into the All Star game. 
Maybe I feel like we've been we've been honest in our assessment of the All Star Game. We're not huge All Star Game people, though. Did you see the the jerseys that got leaked today? The potential the potential All Star jerseys. I did not steal. Like they them. are extremely, extremely good. They're the oh god, I don't even know how to describe them. But they're like I think if these are actually let me head to real. Twitter and find out. Okay, so they're the retro throwback ones. Like you know the ones that the Muppets wore in that one. I, I don't know. You'll see them as soon as you put it up. They're they're inspired by the reverse retro program. They've got like the neon pink and blue and the. And the star kind of shape to them. You seen them? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reminds me, like they, like in the '90s, they kind of used to have those are this cool, same eh? Format, yeah. They, actually, I do like these. These are. Interesting. I'm into them. I'm into them. Yeah. And uh, and you and I have put together who are are they calling it last men in? Like it just changes every year. I'm so I'm so not an all star game girl, but I'm here and I'm a. <laughs> <laughs> just because you look at these rosters and it's just the format and I understand every fan base needing to be represented and and then you see like and then you look at the Atlantic Division and and Mitch Marner is Toronto's de- very deserving representative but like Austin Matthews not being at the All- All-Star Game Curious. is crazy. Here, so you weren't here actually. You were away when we got into this conversation about who should be in there. And how did you feel like Mitch Marner was most deserving though? Like I feel like there was a strong segment of the fan base, me included, that felt William Nylander should have been the slam dunk choice because at the time he was leading the team in goals, leading the team in assists, and we've done nothing but talk about how much this guy has elevated his game. And I, I wanted him to get the recognition. I think so too. I agree with you, but I think that Mitch Marner point streak that had the whole league's attention might have given him that extra little, little yeah, kick to get in. You know what I that's mean? True. Because we've been giving Nylander a lot of love in the Toronto market, but that point streak was like league wide, and everybody I, had eyes on it. Yeah, well, I think it's like the original thirty-two selections were kind of a joint venture with the NHL and the club. So yeah. I, I mean, they had like that internal, I guess, voice that could have, you know, said, "Oh, Nylander's deserving." But anyways. Um, so what we're going to do, so two skaters and a goaltender are to be announced today to be joining the teams that were already selected, the original 32, one from each squad. So we're going to look at the divisions, and we're going to uh, make a prediction, or we're going to say who we believe should be the guys who should be added to uh, each division. So why don't we start in the Atlantic, where the Maple Leafs are, and yep. uh, the players that were already announced, Nikita Kucherov, Dylan Larkin, Mitch Marner, Nick Suzuki, Tage Thompson, Brady Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk, and then Linus Allmark is the goaltender. So you'll notice that one of the names that was not on this list was David Pasternak because yeah. they went opted to go with Linus Allmark as uh, the, the player chosen Yeah, the they kind of had to, too, yeah. And it, it makes sense, but to me, like this this is just lunacy if David Pasternak is one of the guys who are at this All-Star game. So that's one of the names that are on my list for players who I would be that I, I would vote for to get to the All-Star game. And then you'll also notice that the list of names that I had just spoken on, there wasn't a single defenseman chosen on yeah. this list. Absolutely absurd. So I have to go with the D-man, and let's get Rasmus Dahlin to the All-Star game. I think Pasternak, Dahlin, and then Andre Vasilevsky as the other goaltender would round out my Atlantic division. Yeah, I, I didn't go with Dahlin because... Do you want to know the real reason? Because because I think when I did the Atlantic Division portion of this exercise, I had the twenty 
22 list up for the All-Star Game. So I actually would have included Rasmus Dallian if I would have prepared a little bit better for this. But I have Willie, Pasternak, and then I have Vasilevsky as well in terms of goaltenders, though I do think Olmark is the most deserving in that, that division this year. Although you did share a little tidbit with me. So you did do some research because you looked and you said, eh, it says Cole Caulfield is in a lot of these hashtags. So, so that's what's kind of crazy to me is that just based on, I went on a little peruse to see how what fan bases were really, because that's what it's going to come down to. It's not going to come down Absolutely. to who's most deserving. It's going to come down to what fan bases really created a thing online about this. And I looked up NHL All-Star Fan Vote and it was overwhelmingly, Cole Caulfield's content. So although neither of us have mentioned him in this last man in exercise that we're doing, don't be surprised if he squeaks in. Yeah. All right. Let's move on squeaks. to the next. That's just mean. We're not even going to address <laughs> that. Metropolitan <laughs> Division. So stick in the Eastern Conference in the Metro. So Sidney Crosby, <laughs> Johnny Goudreau, Kevin Hayes, Jack Hughes, Brock Nelson, Alex Ovechkin, Andrei Svechnikov, and Igor Shosturkin are the uh, the other names that were already announced. So which two skaters and goaltender are you sending to the All-Star game? You go first with this one. All right. I will go first. So, again, no defensemen in the original eight players yeah. that were – I just think it is just ridiculous – I think we'll probably have, have the same one here. No D-men. Adam Fox. Yes. Like, what the heck is going on? Like, like where Norris, is Adam? Norris winner and could win it again this year. And he's having an unbelievable season. So Adam Fox has to be in here, both offensively and his underlying defensive numbers are also sweet. Uh, if you go and you take a little dabble at those. So he's in there. I might be going a little bit off the board here with this one. Nico Heischer is a player oh. that I think deserves some recognition. He's having a good year. I think Nico Heischer is having himself uh, quite the uh, a mighty fine season. So he's a player that I think uh, deserves to get some love here. And then Ilya Sorokin is a open-shut case for the other goaltender. Yeah, I have Sorokin, and I have uh, I have Fox as well. So Yeah. So my... well, who is your, your other player? I'm going to be honest. I didn't prepare as well as you gave me credit for, oh, and I only wrote down man. one there. So I tried to skim over it, but you caught me. Um, so we're sending Heischer. We're sending Nico Heischer. Nico's going. Nico's yeah. going. I mean, like, you, you think about the year that he's having. Uh, it's, I mean, 43 points and 43, like, point-per-game player. And remember, Lindy Ruff said this guy isn't even considered, like, you know, offense isn't even the best part of his game. He's turning into yeah. a little baby Bergeron. Point-per-game, baby Bergeron. Yeah, let's get this guy to the All-Star game. All right, Baby Bergeron Pacific. is an incredible nickname. It is. Uh, the Pacific Division. Uh, so currently already on the teams, Matty Beniers, Kevin Fiala, Nazem Kadri, Connor McDavid, Elias Pettersson, Troy Terry, Eric Carlson, and then Logan Thompson is the goaltender from the Vegas Golden Knights. All right, JT. Uh, so <laughs> Dreisaitl isn't going to the All-Star game? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, he can. You can send him if you'd like. It's just, like, that's what I mean, like, about the All-Star game. It's a, it's insane that he's not already on this I list. Know. So I have Dreisaitl, um, Ottinger is the other goaltender, and then I have, interestingly enough, even though, like, they're one of the most caca teams in this division, I have Horvat slash Hughes as, as, like, my two options for a second yeah. Vancouver Canuck to go to this. I've got uh, I've got Bohorovitz. Did you say Ottinger? He's in the center. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> like this whole time I've been battling. Like you can see me struggling over here, and it's because I wrote my notes all like 
chicken scratch in the least the organized place. fashion possible. Well, so here's the thing uh, though. about 10 minutes before we came there. I, I was looking at I was looking at the the goaltenders and there's like no actual options for the Pacific though. You want to know the goalie that I landed on? Martin yeah. Jones. Martin Jones is the the goalie that I landed on, the starting netminder for the Seattle Kraken cuz no one else deserves it. Right? Like that yeah. has been hurt. Spencer Martin has been trash. I mean, may, may, maybe, maybe uh, you could potentially look at uh, uh, Vladar. Maybe a damn Vladar. Yeah. But I went with Martin Jones. Dry Slidle, clearly, as well as Bo Horvat. Uh, I did send uh, to, to the All-Star game as well. He's got 30 goals this year. And he's having a heck of a season. And he's going to be expensive. Like, the Leafs want to trade for that guy. It's going to be an expensive, expensive price tag. Um, yeah. 30 goals, 19 assists, 49 points. And you talk about, we were talking about plus minus the other day and being a plus player on a bad team, plus four. So that's, on a team that gives up the amount of goals that Vancouver does, um, you know, I, I think that's, that's incredible, noteworthy. honestly. Yeah. It's, um, it's a feat in itself. Lovers of the plus minus, you and I on this show. Uh, well, Steph just mentioned us an interesting thing that I played with as well as I was putting this together. Trevor Zegers didn't make either of our lists. Trevor Zegers. No. Yeah. He's, he's, listen, I, I had this conversation last year. Yeah. Trevor, Trevor Zegers is not a – I don't want to call him like a, uh, a show pony, but he kind of is that to me. Like, I don't consider him one of the best players in the game. He's one no. of the more entertaining guys. Yeah, exactly. That's the discrepancy. He, right? And, and and you could make the argument that that is who you should be sending to the All-Star game because it is all about entertainment. But in terms of skill level, like other guys deserve to get there ahead of him, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Central yeah. division. Uh, so Mine is really Winnipeg Jets heavy. Like I have to say that. Yeah, mine was as well. Uh, so oh, currently, you made a change? Kirill Kaprizov, Clayton Keller, Jason Robertson, Vladimir Tedesenko, Seth Jones, Kale McCarr, Josh Norrissey, and UC Soros is the goaltender. Do you have all three as uh, all three as Winnipeg Jets? I have all three as Winnipeg Jets. Really? Uh, okay, so Kyle Connor and Hellebuck, right? And then I, I like I I butchered the segment. I have to be honest, AB, because I like did it too quickly and didn't write everything down well enough. Who do you have for this one? Rantanen is the other. So Kyle Connor, Connor Hellebuck, and then Miko Rantanen is the other yeah. guy. Like there's okay. just no no reason for him not to be there. He's fourth in the league in scoring. Yeah, he's got fifty. And I have Rantanen written down points. in the corner of this paper right now, but I, I don't think it's where I wanted it to be when I was going through this in my brain. <laughs> uh, he deserves to be in there, though, like one thousand percent. So uh, again, we'll find out exactly who the rest of the guys who do get the nod are later on today, and I guess we could talk about the snubs tomorrow. Yeah, so. and there's going to be a lot of them. Like, there's going to be a lot of snubs. Yeah, because it's a stupid format where there's because it's like, a stupid format. Like, if you want me to care, set it up so it's an all star game. Set it up so yeah. it's an actual all star game, and actually, all the best players are there. Uh, the fact that wow, there's not I got a really heated there. Single defenseman on two of these teams in the Eastern Conference is just ludicrous. That's so. Did they skew the, the votes, AB? Will they skew it know. so that a couple 
Blue Liners get in? I, I they or it's going to be Cole Caulfield and William Nylander in the Atlantic Division yeah, that get Pasternak, in. Guys. It, it could Pasternak be Pasternak and, and, and Caulfield. Caulfield. Like, I, and I know it sounds crazy, but it's going to be Caulfield just because of the campaigning I see happening on the internet right now. Julia Mitchell Marner will be the team's number one defenseman on the Atlantic. <laughs> Okay. Mitch Marner's going to be the number one. We got to go to break on that because that is the best line I've ever heard in my life. Yes. It's true. Yes, he is. <laughs> I guarantee you it's going to happen. You'll see tonight. All right. Uh, on the other side, let's get to uh, some puck picks. We got a big game tonight Leafs and Jets. You can watch it on TSN 4. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julian Tashiri. Listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. It's time for Puck Picks with Professor Al's brother. Back to school. Back to school. Jackpot. Leaf Lunch brought to you by Manila Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion and it's the perfect time for some Puck Picks with Professor Al's brother. Take us to school, my dear friend. All right, JT. Well, we're super excited about this game. You can watch it on TSN4. Puck drop at 7 o'clock. We got the Leafs and Jets. And look, there's no secret that these two teams don't like each other. Pretty big rivalry. And last time that they played back in October, the captain, John Tavares, netted not once, but twice that he put the puck in the back of the net. I think he does it again tonight. Anytime goal for John Tavares playing plus 170. And he's dominated the Jets in his career. So I think that uh, he gets one into the back of the net. And there's a couple other shot props that I like tonight that I think are a little low. Kyle Connor, Guy shoots the puck a lot, doesn't he? Over three and a half shots on goal playing plus money at plus 135 he had seven shots on goal the other night against the montreal canadians multiple times in the last 10 games he's gone over the number so i like kyle connor to get four or more shots tonight and then it's the same thing austin matthews over three and a half shots on goal gotta pay a little juice on this one minus 165 but i think that uh, matthews will definitely be waking up for this one and firing a lot of pucks a lot of rubber toward connor hellebuck uh, Connor Vesnabuck, rather. So those are my uh, plays for tonight's matchup. You can find all of them over on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Nice, 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 A.B. Austin Matthews has scored in three in a row. Heating up, heating up. So maybe uh, he'll continue that yeah. streak tonight. Four in a row? Like, we'll have to raise our eyebrows at that. He scores in four in a row. Uh, notably, A.B., just before we go, I've heard Matt Dumba kind of floated earlier this week maybe i forget who exactly it might have been craig talking about matt dumba potentially as a attractive asset to the make dregs maybe it was dregs maybe yeah i don't know but i heard it somewhere on the airwaves and today matt dumba is a healthy scratch in minnesota uh so a situation to keep an eye on for for teams who might be interested in his that's bizarre Matt Matt Dumba's an interesting player the numbers the numbers we started the show by talking about ah yes and we can end it by talking about it, too. The numbers don't look great for Matt Dumba. I'll say that. I think earlier in his career, he he was a player that there was a lot of interest in. I think Toronto was linked to him at one point. And then injuries kind of ended up impacting his career. And I don't know. He's on, a, he's on an expiring contract. There's a lot of question marks of whether or not Minnesota will trade him, keep him as an own rental. But now that he's gotten to a point where he's being healthy, scratched by the Minnesota Wild – very yeah. questionable. 
questionable as to what's going on there with uh, with good old Matt Dumba. We've had him on the show. He's a friend of the show. Joined us last year. Yeah, he was great. So I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see how that all shakes out with him. Yeah, but uh, what do you think happens tonight? You think they pull it out? You think what they do the think happens tonight? I'm very intrigued to see. I, I, the sniffles are... Um, behind the leaves, it seems to me. They seem to be getting out of the woods. We also didn't... Did we talk about Pontus Holmberg in the update there? No, we did not. Actually. Oh, okay. So Pontus Holmberg, there was some clarity provided on that situation today. He, he Yesterday, you brought up the fact that loaned was an interesting word for them to use when talking about Pontus Holmberg. And yeah. then today, uh, our pal Sheldon confirmed that he... he or Or clarified, rather, not confirmed, that... Holmberg was sent down uh, on more of a recovery stint to play with the Marlies uh, to recover from that illness. He hadn't been on the ice, and they just want to get his legs back under him. You know, you got you get the flu or cold or something like that. It's hard to go f- from zero to a hunter real quick. So we, we saw him on the ice Tuesday. We were down at Mooring Skate, saw him out yeah. there with the scratches uh, ahead of the game on Tuesday. Um, so he did play in last night's game. Though. I went and checked. Actually scored a goal with the yeah. Marlies. So, you know, I guess that's a good sign that he's out there scoring goals in his return to game action in the American League. But, yeah, said that uh, he expects he'll, he'll be back with the club at some point. Honestly, I think this that whole situation was more about uh, maybe it says more about how impressed they've been so far with Bobby McMahon. And they yeah. want to see give him more of a, a runway to see what he can do than it is about uh, Pontus Holmberg. Plus, I mean, they got Kerfoot right now playing the 4C role, so I don't know yeah. if, if there's really much of a spot for him if uh, Bobby McMahon's solidifying himself as, as a third liner, or they're at least trying to see if he can do it, but clearly they got to get uh, get some real game action looks, and it's going to be a big test tonight, right? Like, that's a yeah. deep team, a really deep team in, in Winnipeg, so he's going to be going up against a, a really good squad, and he'll have a tough matchup, but he's been winning a lot of those a lot of those matchups, like a lot of his shifts are, are coming up. Bobby McMahon, you know, leading the team in expected goals in back-to-back games. So we'll see if he can uh, remain along with his line mates, Camp and Engvall. We'll see if the big boys can get going on the score sheet. We'll see if the fireworks do come as yeah. we somewhat anticipate. Should be a really fun one tonight. Again, you can watch it on TSN4, Leafs and Jets. Does it for us, JT. We will, uh, well, we'll break down the game tomorrow at noon. If you missed any of today's show, you can find it on tsn1050.ca, the Iron Radio app, or wherever you get your podcast. Gameplay with Matt Cause coming up next.